Well, thank you all. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we're excited to share a little bit about uh, Jacob jokes. It's our midlife crisis. We force people to watch. Um, I think that, that's true. Um, but we have a, a couple of clips from some shows we'll start out with. So. Yeah, this is what our comedy looks like. Preachers in uh, Los Angeles area and the uh, California Bay area, respectively, and uh, who have spent some time working on comedic material and going into comedy clubs and uh, making friends with other comics, and just what that, what that has been like, how it's impacted our ministries, and uh, just telling you some stories. 
where we've been and what we've seen. Yeah, and last year, right after Harbor, I, I just had put on Facebook that I was doing the stand-up thing, and he sent me a, a note and said, oh, I used to do a little of that, I want to get back into it. And it's been super fun to connect with Jacob and kind of talk through comedy. We knew each other a little bit. He's a few years older than me at Pepperdine, but it's been really just fun to kind of talk about our experiences, um, commiserate uh, when, when the laughs don't come, and uh, just to enjoy kind of this process uh, together. I really appreciated that uh, with him. So I did say the clip that you saw was the first time I ever did it. It was at um, an open mic, and I refer to that night as a bad church experience. Um, so if you are uh, considering going to an open mic, just so you have a, a warning, um, they can be rough. Um, like I went in there, there was probably about 30 in the room, but it was a bad church experience because most of them already knew each other and they were kind of waiting on their friends to get up. And then whenever someone got up who they didn't know, like 20 of the people who were already friends, they went to the bar, which was outside of the room and just like hung out together until someone came up that they actually knew. And so I got up and like half the room leaves and like there's just a few of my friends in there. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be rough. So if you do open mics, uh, it can be hard. He has some ones that he's found that are, are better in his area, but it really is an experiment. And if you already tried doing it, just know going in, that's kind of where you start. And it's, I think, more about making friends and connections than it is learning about what's funny or not, because sometimes you have three people, including like two that you already brought. So that, that does um, happen uh, from, from time to time. So I did that and honestly thought after that experience, I don't know that I want to do this again. And then I found through a friend of church, I got into an email list of someone who does the bring them shows, where as long as you bring five people, then you get like five or eight minutes or something like that. And I recommend trying to find those shows if you can, because at least that gets you a crowd of some non-comics who are in the room and gives you at least an idea if your jokes are landing uh, or not. And one that's been really interesting to me as, as I've done this, I did it probably four or five times pre-COVID, I've done it four or five times since, is how much my church people love it. Like, I was right about to start a show and uh, there was a group of like 60-year-olds from my church who roll in and I walk over, I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> This way, yeah, mine's gonna be clean, but like the rest isn't. So, <laughs> you guys are gonna feel about this. And somehow, this group of six year olds from my church sat like on the front row. <laughs> terrible, terrible place uh, for them to be. And the warm up guy like immediately picks them out and starts making really racist jokes. Like, uh, but they were laughing. They thought it was hilarious. I was like, what? Are you guys funny like I didn't, I didn't know uh, so it's been interesting just even even my own church people the excitement and it's it's nice as a pastor if you're trying to put together you know getting groups of five to buy tickets the people are like oh yeah sign me up i, I really want to do that so that's been an interesting learning though definitely something that was surprising to me how did you what made you decide like i'm gonna try this i think i might be funny let's get in front of a group of people and find out so um, when I, I'd say I first started preaching, um, thinking I had three or four funny stories to tell. I remember as, um, you know, I got the, the Sunday night assignments every once in a while in the Church of Christ. Um, and so I remember I had um, a story about my, my cat running away and then coming back with surgery done on it. Uh, I came back with a lampshade. It was gone for like two and a half weeks. My sister never gave up praying, so that's how prayer works. And I was like, you know, let, let's pray. That was it. Uh, but I remember, like, this is a, a really cool story. I've got a story to tell, and, and it's funny, and I, I want to 
do this, and I thought of preaching as that way. And I learned in preaching school, don't force a story into a sermon, because um, that's not a good idea. Uh, but I have, have thought about um, getting into comedy a bit to just tell um, stories. Sometimes stories that I can't tell in sermons, not that they're like that bad or anything, but you, you get a chance to share some things. They're just things you, there's not really a theological point, but it's a cool story. <laughs> And so um, I've said to Jacob before, I think Jacob is more of a, a traditional joke teller, um, and I think I'm more of a storyteller in, in how I do it. And so it's just, for me, it was, it's been fun to kind of tell some of those funny stories. That's why I got into preaching originally. So. Yeah, yeah. How about for you, Jacob? Well, funny you should ask. Uh, <laughs> I, I did stand-up comedy for the first time when I was 16. My buddy was putting on, on a show locally. He's like, I want to try to be a comic. And I, I'm nervous, so I need you to open for me. I'm like, All right, so he wrote stuff. It was terrible. I hope those videos never surfaced because they were like racist and homophobic and like whatever you can do to make your, your buddies laugh. We did publicly uh, and so it wasn't great but like I kind of went okay that's something I could do and I've always been a fan of comedy and specifically stand-up comedy. Like I grew up in a house where my mom was like uh Drew Carey's hilarious. Here's his book. You should read it. Uh, all the 90s comics who got TV shows and wrote books. We read their books. We watched their stuff. Love it. It's always kind of been there for me. I've always kind of wondered what would it, what would it be like? It's going to take some guts to get up in front of people and, and uh, see if you can make them laugh. It's so it's such a concrete goal with instant feedback. Ministry, you all may uh, understand, is so abstract sometimes. It's so hard to measure whether or not you're you're succeeding or even doing what you set out to do sometimes. But comedy is so simple. There's one goal is to make people laugh. And you try to do it, and you find out immediately if you did or you didn't, and then you try to do more of it. So anyway, that's always been the back of my mind. Like, I think I've, is this a funny joke? Would this make people laugh? I want to find out. So then finally, um, fast forward a bunch of years to like 2018, I got up to an open mic in town, and uh, it didn't go great. I got maybe one moderate reaction from people, but everybody was on their phones, and it was like, huh something else that comedy will remind you is that your congregation loves you. Like if you're mad at your congregation or if you're just like, I'm preaching and I feel like people are falling asleep there, go to a comedy club. <laughs> because they hate you. Yeah. Literally, like you get up there and they're like, here's some other guy. Just, Let's see. And if you don't win them over right away, they'll write you off. Like it's such a tough crowd. Like you have to be likable, you have to be relatable, you have to be funny right away. And so you get you go to a bad open mic, you get beat up, and then you get up on Sunday, where the goal is not to make people laugh, but there's a different goal. Like the people, they're smiling at you, and they're leaning in, and if you tell a story about what your kids did over the weekend, they go, oh, that's great. It's, I mean, if, if nothing else, it'll, it'll remind you that these people are in your corner. Anyway, that was a long, I don't even know if I answered your question, but I started doing stand-up comedy again uh, after pandemic. A year ago when I saw Brian, I was like, hey, he does stand-up comedy. I used to do that, and I reached out to him on Facebook. Hey, man, your video is funny. He said, you should do more. And I said, you're right, I should. So within the last year, I've been getting out at open mics and showcases and stuff around the Bay Area probably about once a week. Uh, I, I go out, and that's been really cool just to like, learn this world that I wouldn't have known about otherwise. We'll talk more about like the kind of people that are there, the kind of why don't we get into that now? Let's just talk about yeah, uh, one, one, what you see in a comedy club. Yeah, and one way that has been really beneficial uh, for me is just getting getting a chance. 
Um, it is obviously, even though they might not be listening, a captive audience, and you have your five minutes. And uh, part, part of my thing is I do reveal that I'm a pastor midway through. Um, my, my favorite that joke is, I'm a pastor, uh, but don't worry, I won't make it weird. Let's pray. And that's, that's, that midway through somewhat intentionally um, one one thing that you'll notice if you're in the lineup of several comics pretty much every night someone's going to bash christianity often it's catholicism but it's like a big target and i think i could probably make fun of it better than they do but they generally like say you know something about it and take, take some swipe and then i just get up there and i mention the pastor i'm not going to try to defend myself i'm not going to like come back at what they said but as i think about like la comedy club like the percentage of the that I'm speaking to who aren't going to be in the church maybe ever in a year, likely pretty high. And uh, just the fact that they have a, a neutral-ish to maybe positive experience with a pastor um, versus, I mean, you know, sometimes I might think of the opportunity of like, get right with Jesus right now, like, you know, the funeral type sermon, but just, no, I'm, I'm just going to try and share some funny stories, and I've had people come up after me, and it's just like, I'm the only pastor they I think especially in context, coastal context, but increasingly across the U.S., um, I, have to, I have to think of myself as, uh, in the parable of the sower, um, scattering seed on all parts. I mean, you kind of hope that if you get on the good soil, that there's some growth in it, but also, like, we're called to throw seed on rocky soil, and just, that's what I think increasingly Western Christianity is going to look like. And so I just appreciate that space to give a group of people a chance to experience a pastor in a positive light and to um, come people come up and ask me to, to pray for them um, and they've asked me you know questions about about our church and it's, it's just a, a different way of um, being in that space and it is interesting too like as, as I've shared this with people like everyone wants to talk to me about it it's like well this must be what it's like to have a real interesting job. Because, like, generally, like, when I meet somebody, like, a kid's birthday party, it's like, well, pastor, they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, it, but you say comedy, they, they, people just lean in. I think that comedians are the truth tellers of our time. And everybody's got their favorite ones. Everyone um, has, uh, you know, thoughts on it. Everyone has a story. They think um, we, we're, we're actually paired together as, as roommates here. And um, the other guy, the third guy that's in our apartment, he, we just talked about comedy for like an hour yesterday, um, and like people just, just lean in, they want to like find out more about it, so I think it helps to make it a little more accessible, I think I, I try to tell people, well, you want to hear me do a little bit of comedy, I can come every Sunday morning, I do a little bit, um, but I don't necessarily <laughs> follow up on that, but it's been fun to be exposed, um, especially in kind of this increasing uh, like um, culture of, of resistance to Christianity, to just have a chance yeah. Brian encouraged me to do what he does, which is to reveal that I'm a pastor. Uh, after I'd been doing comedy for maybe, I don't know, like three or four months or something, I was like, I was intentionally not doing that because I didn't want to bring the room down. I didn't want to be like, everybody's just like filthy or, you know, bashing, whatever. It's just sort of like, say whatever you want. I was like, I don't want to like be the chaperone or the, the guy. So I was, I was holding back for a number of reasons. I don't want to do that. Um, and then Brian told me what he just told you guys. Like, it opens doors. You, you really should maybe write something. And so I have a, a joke that I do almost every set where I, I talk about being a pastor. And um, 
it's exactly what he said would happen. Is you get people coming up to you afterwards and they're like, oh, I didn't know you were a pastor. Like, I, and they talk to tell you about their, their lapsed faith. I used to go to you. I grew up with this. Oh, my wife really wants to start going back to church. And it really does open doors. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But I figure you guys are here because you're interested in, in comedy. And so I want to just take a minute to hear from you guys. I'm going to like go across the room and I want you to name a stand-up comic that you like. So I'm going to stall for about 10 seconds while you think of an answer for this question I'm springing on you. Uh, so we'll do it like this. I'm just going to like do this right here. Like if I point to you, give me a like, no, I don't have one. But if you do, just to say the name of the person, not to say why you like them or justify them, but just let only hear some names of the comics that you do you like. Yeah. 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 Brian. Brian Shackman. the next day and I you know sleep fine it's not a big deal but with, with stand-up I just I love getting that energy back of I don't know how this is going to go and even room to room it's different um, some people have asked me about the set I'm doing tonight I'm like I don't know I think it's funny but I mean I, I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes uh, and I, I 
appreciate that, that it um, helps me to you know, try, try something new and um, it, I mean, it keeps, me, keeps me sharp. It's, it's definitely related to preaching and if, if you are a preacher, um, you have a lot of battle already, like if you are considering doing it, because if you can confidently stand up there and um, talk through distraction and even if people aren't listening, um, you, you're halfway there. Like you're, it, really, it really is. You know, we've all had bad preaching experiences. Uh, one of my favorites was at Harbor. I, you know, I've had Harbor classes for, for several years, and it's usually in a closet somewhere with <laughs> uh, people I'm mostly well related to who have already heard what I'm talking about. But um, my, my favorite moment is a couple, a couple years back, uh, there was a person who will not be named um, who came, came into the class and uh, about midway through my talk, let out the loudest sigh I've ever heard. Like, it, it was picked up on the mic. <laughs> I had to listen to the thing later, and it was just like, and I'm like, how, how do you recover from that? But you've had that experience in preaching. People fall asleep. So you, you have the ability to, to do that and, and power through. Like a lot of what, what I see, and I'm definitely it's like very low levels of comedy people who are maybe trying it for the first time. Like this one person um, at the end of his set just said like, well, you can tell it's my first time doing this. Like please follow on Instagram to follow the journey. And so like if you're able to confidently stand there and um, deliver pitch, you might decide it's not your path, you don't necessarily want to do it that often, but Trust me, if, if you have been preaching regularly, you have a, a huge leg up because um, so much of the um, early hours in stand-up is developing a voice and a style. Um, now, it's different. Like, when I preach on Sunday morning, I feel like I have, um, like, about two minutes of a story to, like, get to a moral or get to a funny, like, I, I have a little more, um, people are paying a little bit better attention. And in stand-up, I've learned, as a storyteller, um, I have to have like joke detours all the time, like because right? what I think is it's like it's kind of the, the shotgun approach where you just have to say a bunch of jokes that's going, and you need to get about thirty percent of the room to laugh with you, and then it sounds like the laughter is trying to keep keep them moving. Um, so I've learned that that you can't just tell a preaching story in the same way that you would. Um, it doesn't necessarily translate because I think on Sunday mornings they're not expecting you to be funny, and then when you like are like, oh, oh that was surprising. But this is like, no, be funny, go. And it's kind of a different format, but it has helped me to just do something that is somewhat related, uh, but also a challenge. And it has helped me, I think, to keep my preaching fresh. As he said, very thankful for the congregation who shows up and listens. You're like, oh, this is such a blessing. There are people you know, choosing to, to listen and be part of this. Um, and then it just has really helped me to challenge myself to do something different. Yeah. Um, in terms of like what, how doing comedy has sharpened my preaching skills, the things that I've learned that translate in both worlds is um, I'm a manuscript preacher, and so I write it out every week, and Matt enjoys <laughs> know, and I have my notes, especially since COVID, like, just, I don't know if anybody else is more on their plate and like less time to work on the delivery part of preaching, but for me it's kind of just like week to week, and like, all right, I hope to try to make this engaging and natural, but I Come to a conference. 
conference and you see like an amazing speaker, they've probably done that talk before. <laughs> Some speakers are way better than others, sure, but if you have a guest preacher that you hired and you pay to come to your church, like if Jeff Walling shows up and you're like, Jeff Walling's great, I can't be Jeff Walling. He's told that microwave story before. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a great story because he's home. Kind of like a stand up comic when you watch him on Netflix and you're like, that guy got so good. They've done it like literally a hundred times before. So I say that as encouragement. Of mine 
um, who she, she swims, um, she, she lives in the LA area, she goes and, and swims, and uh, she was talking about how like they get together and they, and they swim, she said that there's like a few different groups of people um, who are in that, like there's the triathletes who are trying to swim because it's like the hardest thing there is, they're in super great shape and able to crush everybody. And then there's the people who maybe are showing up for the first time and maybe they make it to the end of the swim, maybe they don't, but they probably aren't gonna be back again. Uh, and then she said, but there's people like her who are, are regulars, not triathletes, not like superstars, but she's just gonna keep doing it for like her mental health. And that's how I've come to view my stand-up, that it's um, something that I do as, as a hobby that um, helps me to, to grow, helps me to, to stretch, and it you know might turn into something far down the road, uh, but for now it's just a fun a fun thing that I get to participate in and a fun thing that I get to do that is helping me um, as, as a pastor, obviously like inviting some of my church people into it, speaking to people who, who aren't Christians and kind of sharing that space. And it's just interesting to, to challenge yourself. So I would just encourage you all, whatever that looks like, you might be here because you're interested in stand-up or not. Um, if you are, talk to us after um, or you know, we can ask questions um, or you can reach out later. But um, I would just say whatever that looks like for you, put yourself in some of those spaces to be a little bit uncomfortable and, and to grow. And oftentimes we're thinking of like, you know, what is what is the end result? Like, you know, someday can I get paid for this to make it worth my time? And specifically in comedy, that's really hard. You might not, might not be able to do that. Uh, but anyway, I mean, what's, what's your hobby that helps you to kind of come alive and um, to like to participate um, in, in a different way with the gifts that you have? Um, so I would just encourage you to think about that. Yeah, amen to that. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because if, you're, if you're, all your eggs are in your ministry basket, that's your identity. If you're doing great, then you have this false sense of like, it's great because I'm great. And if you're failing, then it crushes you and you feel like you're defined as your failures. Like, you may already know this, but like, put your eggs in some other baskets. It's neat going into comedy and being like, I don't have to do this. Like, this is for fun. If it stops, there's no more comedy for like the rest of my life. I am fine with that. Uh, there's some comics who don't. Like, you see them, they have all their eggs in comedy basket and they're like I'm going to the top and this is going to be my career it's like okay um, so yeah it's healthy to, to do something else uh, talking about some of your interactions with people yeah yeah let me tell you a story and then I'm running the phone on time but I want to hear if you have any comments or, or questions or thoughts or whatever uh, it was a really cool once I started doing the pastor joke uh, I had this guy come up to me who I had done mics with before and uh, he's, he's pretty rough he's you know got jokes about oral forming women and stuff, and uh, I'm like, all right, it's not my scene, but uh, he's, he's trying. Uh, he comes up to me afterwards, and he goes, I had no idea you were a pastor. And then he just, like, proceeds to tell me the history about his divorce, and about how when he was about to get divorced, his wife wanted to go see a pastor, because her parents were associated with some church. He, like, never had a faith, but he's like, always admired people of faith. I love that they have that foundation. I struggle with, like, believing. Like, I've got some, like, I'm agnostic. Uh, probably like borderline atheist. I just don't know if it's true and all this. And he just he just talks and talks and talks. And I listen, listen, listen. It's another thing we should do more. Just just listen, listen, listen. People will keep talking. Um, I said, okay, uh, let's connect more. And I connected with him on Facebook, and I ended up sending him. I was like, ooh, okay. He's he's listening. He's kind of asking, like, help me with my unbelief. And I'm like, okay. I sent him a the Tim Keller talk when he was at Google and just promoting one of his books. I thought it was really well done. He said he watched the whole thing. He's like, I watched it. A lot of really interesting stuff, like hour-long talk. And uh, it was funny because he replied. He said, I watched your uh, 
someone's on stage and I kind of walk in late, he comes up and rubs my shoulder and he goes, God is good! <laughs> <laughs> it's you know late at night, and so you just you get a chance to to do it, and you get a chance to connect. And yeah, I mean, hopefully that does happen. Yeah, I've had one say, "What time's your service?" And I said, "10 45 All right, I'll be there. And they didn't come. But uh, uh, again, yeah, I think this is a cool opportunity. We're having a problem nationwide. Like they won't come to church, and we all know. Let's take church to them. Let's be Jesus in their spaces. This kind of thing. So we're kind of doing that, and uh, it, it is opening doors. Seth Bouchel.
Brian, I don't know you, but I know you guys probably have some things you've really struggled with in your life. Do you think about, should I bring that into my comedy life, or no, I'm going to stick to the uplifting positive? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. People, this is like a axiom in comedy that <clears throat> all good comedy comes from a place of pain. I don't know that that's true. It's very popular. People like to say that. still in pain person, like if you've had an experience, it can lead to, like working through it leads to comedy. Um, and there's comics like uh, Pete Holmes and Taylor Tomlinson, who like grew up with the conservative faith and like were very devout and then like kind of got away from that. A lot of their material kind of points back to some of those pains and hurts and like transition. Um, I don't know. Somebody was asking me last night, like, are you, are you really authentic? Do you like speak the truth? And uh, as George Carlin said, like, way to become great at comedy is you just have to be completely transparent. You just have to say what you're thinking, you have to bear your soul, you have to be honest, you have to stand by the things you believe that aren't popular and all this. Um, and I'm not there yet. Like, <laughs> a lot of my stuff is, is just, it's funny and it's light and I try to give people a break from uh, the hard stuff, but I don't know, that's my, most of my thoughts on Yeah, it's uh, a great question and I, I, I haven't gotten to that place yet of, of getting to that. I, I, I do think it's been helpful for me to be just like a positive contrast. Um, honestly, one thing that this has helped me to, it's not, not necessarily become more certain, but at least more um, believe in the practices of my Christian faith and how they formed me. Because when you're in some of these rooms and people are telling some of the stories about um, kind of the darkness in their lives, and you know, oftentimes it's, it's kind of sad. Like you're like, geez, they're making jokes about it, but it's like when you really hear it, geez, that's like heartbreak. I mean, like the, this, the loneliness, um, difficulty to, to find relationships, just the complexities of, of our world. And um, so it's often kind of in that vein and to just be a, just a positive, like I'm going to try to be uplifting here and um, obviously keep it clean so I can keep my day job. Um, but um, like... It's, it, it, I think it's such, it's such a contrast in, the, in those rooms that I think I hate to lose that, but that is interesting to think about, yeah, what type of vulnerability might be accessible that we could share with, yeah. Yeah, it, there's, a, there's a, a common trope in stand-up comedy. There's like a lot of low-hanging fruit, like my wife is such a ball and chain. Um, I try to go in and, and if I can talk about my wife, but in a positive way, and like I make jokes around harder to go in a direction that's not as common, but that, that's part of what I, what I try to bring is just like, okay, yeah, I could. I mean, there's plenty of material where I can talk about, oh, I'm spending time with like, my family or whatever, but I just try to bring a little bit of life. Stalking was the best way to enforce it. And then, then he goes, 
you may offer as well. On the not, uh, on the free front, let me grab this. I believe that uh, people should be rewarded for coming to my sessions. And if you're like, man, that was a waste of time. If nothing else, you get a, uh, a door prize. Uh, we got some preaching socks. We did something a little while back, and I passed them around to my preacher friends. And uh, <laughs> if you would like a pair of preaching socks for yourself or to encourage the preacher in your life, grab a pair of these uh, on your way out. These are free. And uh, we appreciate you guys being here. And, and seriously, reach out if, if this is something that you want to like start. I'd be happy to, to check in, talk to me, uh, send me a message on Facebook or something. But uh, yeah, whatever it is, I just hope you find something that, that challenges you. It's like, have an awesome day, everybody. <laughs>